Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sports Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. And the 3-1 pitch. Swung on and belted. Deep left field. How far is she going? Gone. Home run. Ronald Acuna Jr. That's one of the prettiest home runs I've ever seen in my life. No balls. One strike. Duran throws. Swinging a high drive in the air to right. Moving back Kepler to the track. To the wall. Gone. Randy Arozarena walks it off. And the Rays defeat the Twins 2-1. No balls, two strikes. The wind, the 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. A breaking ball down and away. Four straight strikeouts now for Andrew Abbott. That gives him 12 for the game. Two strikes. Burns 1-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Went after a cutter down and in. Smothered by Caratini, he throws it to first anyway. He strike out number seven of the night for Corbin Burns. Alvarez, two home runs in the series, make it three. Wow. He has now homered in four of his five games to begin the month of July. He's homered in all three games in this series, and it's 7-0 New York. Try to score some runs. Try to get a couple base hits here. That change Uh-oh. of Carrasco Uh-oh. and Corbin Carroll is injured. Holding his right arm and you have to worry about the right shoulder. I think it's his shoulder. The right shoulder which is what he grabbed the other night. And a bad night just got a whole lot worse. Close to two. Mahomes escaping. On the move. Mahomes stops. Spins. Flips it forward for the touchdown to Edward Gilaire. Murray. End zone throw. Oh, what a catch. One-handed. DeAndre Hopkins. Navigates near midcourt. Murray rises up. Knocks it down. New career best. 41. And here's Young. Backtracks. Five to two. Young lets it go. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports zone guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Friday, June, uh, July, it's July, July 7th edition of the sports zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's sports zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD 200.7, Atlanta at Tampa Bay is this weekend a World Series preview. The NL Central, who's better, Cincinnati or Milwaukee? The Diamondbacks, are their recent issues, reason for concern or no big deal? DeAndre Hopkins, is Kansas City his best landing spot? The Hawks, did John, Deontay Murray and, uh, and, Trey, and Trey Young, is that actually a good fit between those two guys? Going to play with each other for at least for a little while longer, it appears. 
And also, what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15 or so around Major League Baseball, including weekend previews of Braves, Rays, and also Reds in against the Brewers. Scott Miller is scheduled to join us from the New York Times. 9.30, it is interactive action at 602-260-1060, plus the local roundup, including the latest on the Diamondbacks. There's a lot going on there, obviously. The final segment of the show will be the National Roundup, topped by some MLB scoreboard info from last night, at least one injury update, and uh, time pending, we'll get to some of uh, the latest line, info for, latest line info for today. All right. Then after the sports zone from 10 to noon, it's the Extra Point, hosted by Kayla. That'll include more phone call time, 602-260-1060. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is: Is this weekend's Atlanta-Tampa Bay three-game set a World Series preview? And Kayla has the early returns. Early returns, yes, leading the way at 100% of the vote. I'm a little surprised at that because obviously the Rays not playing well lately. They've now lost five straight and 11 out of 17. The Braves, on their hand, they've lost a total of five games since June 1st. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question, who wins the NL Central, Cincinnati or more, uh, or uh, Milwaukee? Uh, Cincinnati or Milwaukee. Kayla, what do we have for this? We have a 50-50 split between Cincinnati and Milwaukee. Cast your vote over on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. Both these teams are actually playing their best ball of the season here of late. The 49-39 first-place Reds and the 47-41 second-place Brewers, they play nine times the rest of this month, three this weekend in Milwaukee, three next weekend in Cincinnati, and three more July 24th through 26th at Milwaukee. That's it for them this season. Nine final meetings of the season are the rest of this month. Bad scheduling there, but who would have thought the Reds were going to be any good when the schedule was made? Meanwhile, on the local front, the Diamondbacks are staggering to the All-Star break. The Thursday night blowout loss to the Mets was the first time they've been swept in the series and the first time they've lost four straight this season. But most importantly, Corbin Carroll re-injured his surgical repair uh, right shoulder so there's an MRI scheduled for this morning we'll get to much more on this at the bottom of the hour in the local roundup is the Diamondbacks recent poor play let's throw out the Carroll part of this they have not played well for quite frankly a few weeks is there a recent play reason for concern or no big deal meanwhile spanning the globe the Chiefs have uh, remained in contact with DeAndre Hopkins uh, the Chiefs reportedly uh, also are waiting uh, to figure out what to do first about anything uh, before they do anything with anybody else uh, with their uh, the contract with a stud defensive tackle, Chris Jones. And they're going to take care of that before they really do any other free agent uh, you know, action or moves, etc., according to multiple reports. So is Kansas City the best landing spot for one DeAndre Hopkins? 
Meanwhile, from the NBA, the Hawks and Deontay Murray are reportedly uh, finalizing a four-year, $120 million contract. Uh, are uh, Murray and Trey Young, is that backcourt a good match? Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, it's the pipeline for today. We have all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational one-hour radio program. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion categories, whether it's for the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey will have a news update. That'll be followed by around Major League Baseball with Scott Miller, longtime baseball writer and frequent guest of this show. Also, once again, at the bottom of the hour, more phone call time or your phone call time, 602-260-1060, general discussion at 602-260-1060, and more local roundup top by the latest, at least that we know at this point, about the Diamondbacks, including the Corbin Carroll shoulder situation that he uh, further injured last night in uh, the eighth inning of that game. Seventh inning of that game? Seventh or eighth inning of that game against the Mets. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlex HD2 100.7. time in your afternoon for the Doug Gottlieb Show right here on KDUS AM 1060, 100.7 HD2 and KDUS1060.com. Weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD2 100.7, your home of the Dan Patrick Show. Live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. and the final weekend before the All-Star break is topped by a pair of big series. First place uh, Atlanta Braves at the first place Tampa Rays and also the uh, first of three series this month between Cincinnati and Milwaukee. Out to the KDUS hotline we go and go around Major League Baseball. We're now joined the sports zone by Scott Miller of the New York Times. And Scott, always good to have you on the show. Let's start with Atlanta and Tampa Scheduled pitching matchups this weekend. Tonight, Charlie Morton against Tyler Glasnow. Tomorrow, Spencer Strider against Taj Bradley. Sunday, uh, Bryce Elder against uh, Zach Eflin. So what are you looking for? Um, what do you hope to see in this weekend's uh, showdown between the uh, NL West, excuse me, the NL East and the AL East leaders? Well, uh, a couple things. I think Tampa Bay right now, uh, Bob, is facing – they're really their first true test of the season. Um, they've lost five games in a row, and that, that's why I say that. I mean, this season, Tampa and Atlanta clearly right now are, as we speak, I think the two best teams in the game. The season's pretty much been a, a romp for Tampa Bay right up until now with the five losses in a row. Now, how much of a romp has the season been? They still lead Baltimore by four games, 
and the Yankees and Toronto by eight games. So that's what Tampa's done. They, they, they started out so well. They built themselves such collateral that they've got a little bit of room. For, you know, they've got a lot of wiggle room. But, you know, obviously losing five in a row, they need to get back on track. And if they're not careful, Atlanta's so good that, you know, entering the All-Star break, could look up and have lost eight in a row. So, you know, interesting series, big series. It'll be, you know, Glass now and Eflin. Eflin's, by the way, a veteran that's that's had a surprisingly good year. He's been really yeah. steady for Tampa. But those guys, uh, the Tampa pitching, they're in for a battle this weekend because Atlanta is knocking the ball all over the park. They've had home runs in like 22 consecutive games. I mean, they're making, you know, forget the Monday night home run derby and Seattle, Atlanta's making every night look they're playing home run derby. It is pretty amazing. Yeah, Tampa, you know, they lost Springs for the season. We don't think Rasmussen, if he comes back, it would be, I think, a bonus for them at this point for this year at least. And now, yeah. you know, McClanahan's out for a while too. I'm worried about them long term in, in a short playoff series with the, because of their starting pitching situation. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And it, thing with Tampa though they've got a really really good bullpen it's deep it's talented um, and they bring it every night but to your point and this is what happened when they went all the way to the World Series in the COVID year of 2020 before losing to the Dodgers they had a great bullpen that year too but the combination of their philosophy of never letting rarely letting the starters face the opposing lineup a third time Mm-hmm. combination of that so in other words shorter outings for the starters with the injuries you mentioned basically means that really good bullpen carries a heavy heavy workload and the risk that bullpen's going to be burned out come playoff time that's what happened i know that 2020 was only a 60 game season but man with that i i remember covering the playoffs that year in the, the American League played in the no fans, no in the stands. It was in the bubble, and the American League bubble was in San Diego. And I remember mm-hmm. covering, you know, I covered that. I was in Petco Park for two and a half weeks straight, watching Tampa Bay play the Yankees and beat the Yankees, and then Houston and beat Houston to get to the World Series. And their bullpen. Uh, guys like Nick Anderson back then, they were just lights out. But the problem, over a two-and-a-half-week period, they had leaned on those guys for so many pitches that by the time they played the Dodgers in the World Series, that bullpen didn't have anything left. As far as Cincinnati and Milwaukee, um, the listing pitching matchups, uh, both of the, the races go tonight, Andrew Abbott against Corbin Burns. Then, yeah, tomorrow, it's Luke Weaver, former Diamondback, who's not been good since, actually, for a long time now, against Colin yeah. Ray. And then on Sunday, it's uh, Sean Lively against Julio Tehran, uh, who is uh, you know, a you know, young pitcher where we were younger human beings. Uh, what, what stands uh-huh. out between these two teams, other than probably a lack of depth in starting pitching? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think no doubt about that. Clearly the National League Central is down this year. But, you know, just as I said with Tampa losing five in a row, that it was going to be a pretty interesting test against Atlanta this weekend. 
It's the same for Cincinnati. The, the, the Reds, since bringing up Ellie De La Cruz, um, they've won 21 of 27 games. They, they won five in a row right now, uh, tied with the Mets, who you might have noticed over the, this week ran their streak to five in a row. Yeah, I, Sorry, I did see that. <laughs> <laughs> so they won five in a row. They won eight out of ten and 21 out of 27. They're energetic. Talented, De La Cruz, Matt McLean at shortstop, Spencer Steer. Some of these rookie names are names to remember. Um, but that said, uh, trying to figure out how to take these Reds. Is this just a burst of energy since these young players have been called up? And, and Or are they going to be for real? Um, I think you have to give them the benefit of the doubt and, 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 and you know, that say they probably are for real but again where i say a test is concerned i mean this is this weekend in milwaukee is a chance for the reds to flex their muscles even more and um you know from that perspective going in they have a two-game lead over the brewers i mean you, you know i mean you've done this long enough bob you know the most successful baseball teams you, you just try to win each series so yeah. What the temptation would be for Cincinnati, I mean, they're up two. If they could continue this five-game winning streak and run the table, I mean, they could end the All-Star game break with a five-game lead over Milwaukee. That's probably a little too greedy. If you're Cincinnati, you just want to go in and do, you know, take care of business, win two out of three from every everywhere you go. But, um, you know, it will be interesting to see, especially in Milwaukee, how they match up. They play three three game series the next in this month. Uh, you know, this week, next week, the first three games out of the break, and they play three more games at the end of July. Then they're done for the year with only the thirteen games against division opponents. Which brings me to the idea: Do you like the new schedule, quote unquote? Yeah. Well, it's crazy. I mean, I I I kind of like. Parts of it I like. I mean, I don't put it this way. I don't know if there's any perfect schedule out there. You know, I mean, I, I, I like the way it was. You know, before interleague play, when everybody played the same schedule, that's what I like because that's a true measure of a 162 game season. Is when you know everybody and take the National League West, Arizona, the Dodgers, San Francisco, uh, and there's no interleague play. So Arizona plays every other team in the National League the same number of times that the Dodgers do, the Giants do. Uh, That's, I think, when it was at its best. You know, once you got into interleague play and you're trying to, you know, manually shift the schedule around, um, there are parts of the current one I like. I mean, I, I like that doesn't play 19 games against every other division opponent. I mean, you know, I'm sure in Arizona it seemed like under the old schedule, it seemed like every time you looked up, Colorado was in town again, you know, and it's like, (laughs) geez, how many more games against Colorado, you know, yawn can there be? Um, On the other hand, you know, the way it is now, I think it makes for a little bit more interesting schedule, but it's still not perfect because that's really bizarre what you just laid out, the Cincinnati and Milwaukee, the, the, the three three-game series and how, how uh, crunched up they are in the middle of the season. 
Yeah, no doubt. Talking to Scott Miller of New York Times, going around Major League Baseball. Okay, so Cincinnati, Arizona, and Baltimore. I think there's some uh, similarity here. Obviously, they're all having success this season. They have a core, all of them, of young players. And uh, you know, they have you know, several, in addition to the guys we've seen at the major leagues, they, they all have some you know, minor leaguers, prospects, etc. not even the big leagues this year. So of those three teams, they don't have very many young starting pitchers. So should they, being Arizona, Baltimore, Cincinnati, should they actually trade some of their talent for starting pitcher, young talent for some established starting pitching uh, before August the 1st? Yeah, I mean that that's the that's the question they've each got to wrestle with. I think um, it, it's you don't want to mortgage your your future completely for this year. Um, but the flip side is, I, I mean, when you have a chance to win in the game, I think those chances don't come around every year. I mean, look at teams that you know, go out and try to buy pennants, and they try to maneuver themselves into winning. I mean, you know, look at what's going on, for example, in San Diego. I mean, I know they went to the to the NLCS last year against against Philadelphia, but, you know, I mean, ever since A.J. Preller came in, you know, they made all that noise in 2015 when they brought in Matt Kemp and Derek Norris and a bunch of guys, and, and that failed. And this year, they've has been a clunker. Um <laughs> Much as people think you can, you, you try to build a winner. But then, as much as people think you can maneuver that, you're never guaranteed to have a winner. It, you, the best laid plans go astray quickly in this game. So, when you do have a chance to win, you do need to take care, you know, t- take it seriously. But um, the mirage within all this is the expanded playoffs, right? The second wild card uh-huh. spot. I mean, the playoffs are trickier, trickier to get through than ever before. So you have to look at your team. And it, it, and the question is, to your point, do we trade some prospects for starting pitching? How honestly are you evaluating your team? If you think you have a chance to legit win the World Series, then the answer is yes. You trade a couple prospects, try to get that starting pitcher, because if you legitimately think you can win the World Series this year. But if you look at your team, you think, you know, we're maturing, we're still a little young, we have a hole here, a hole there. We can get to the playoffs, but we don't have what it's going to, quite yet, what it's going to take to advance in the playoffs. I think then you have to hold on to your prospects. So, that said, um, Baltimore, a chance. I mean, Adley Rutschman is a game changer with that organization, and they've got other young players. I mean, you know, they're sitting here today, 51 and 35, 593 winning percentage. That's, that's the third best in the game behind Tampa Bay and Atlanta. Um, you know, so I would say Baltimore has a legitimate chance to win it and, and maybe should look at a trading for a starting pitcher. Cincinnati and Arizona are more interesting because I'm not sure, um, you know, I mean, certainly the Diamondbacks, I don't want to knock them. They're, they're, they, 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 nobody thought they'd be leading this division right now. And so there's a temptation to say, keep the pedal to the metal and go for it. Now, 
I think what you're going to have to do over the next month, if you're Mike Hazen and his team, you're also going to have to look at whatever this shoulder situation is with Corbin Carroll. Because, yeah, and I right. hope, by the way, that he's okay. Because that, that didn't look good. And the fact that it's happened twice in six or seven days now or five days or whatever it is, that's really worrisome. Um, if he's out for an extended time, um, I don't know that I trade for pitching. All right, so kind of the flip side of that is uh, as far as the you know, Arizona-Baltimore-Cincinnati situation, Mike Trout's latest injury has him out for several yep. weeks. So does that mean Shohei Otani might be dealt before August 1st? <laughs> I don't think so. I've been, I've all along been in the camp that they're not going to trade him. Um, Artie Moreno, their owner, finally came out a couple weeks ago and, and indicated that he's not going to be traded. Um, but the reason I'm, I've been in the camp, he's not going to be traded. I think a couple things. One uh, is it his greatness makes the Angels. It gives them an international appeal. I mean, the Angels right now are selling so many caps and memorabilia in Japan, and they're they're Japan's team right now. Um, I think there's dollars that come in from marketing opportunities because of that that people aren't talking about. I mean, people are saying, should they trade Otani? And that's based on sheer baseball reasons. Um, if the angels don't get, stay in contention. Um, but I think there's some dollars that go beyond baseball that just deal with Otani and all, what they, the angels are doing in Japan. I think all of that factors in. So I think that's one reason he doesn't get traded. And the other reason I think is sheer on the sense of the owner. I mean, if you're Artie Marino, we all know he's got as much pride as anybody in the game. Uh, and he, that's led him astray, I think, at times, to make some wrong emotional decisions. But if you throw up your hands and trade Otani, the, the, the best player of our generation and one of the best players ever, if, if you trade him, you're just flat out admitting we failed. And I don't think Artie Marino has that in him. Scott, always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks. We'll do it again. All right, Bob. Take care. Scott Miller, New York Times. And, uh, you know, and, uh, and it was good to talk to Scott. And, uh, you know, quite the you – know, I would have never even asked that to, the question about Otani had Trout not gone down with the injury. So there's a little, little speculation putting my fingers as close together as you possibly can here when I say little. Uh, you have to trust me on that. Uh, but that's uh, why I threw that in there at the end. All right, next segment, phone call time if you want to get in. General discussion, 602-260-1060. Also today's local roundup. Obviously, we'll start with the Corbin Carroll situation, of which, I don't, at least to my knowledge, I keep looking at my phone every you know five minutes here. I don't see anything new from what uh, we were told last night by Tori Lovello, but we'll give you kind of an overview, a quick one of what happened last night, and uh, a little bit of what was said last night and where we think, at least as uh, as we uh, start this today, at least, uh, where it kind of stands. And uh, a little more on the uh, Diamondbacks' uh, you know, 9-0 loss to the Mets last night. On the other hand, the Dodgers win again, but the Dodgers lose yet another pitcher to injury last night. Actually, he got hurt on Wednesday night, and we didn't know it till yesterday. 
You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. Listener rewards for you with the KDUS 1060 app. Download today to hear all of the national and local shows you love. That's the KDUS 1060 app. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time if you want to get in. 602-260-1060. Feel free to interrupt if you'd like in this segment. The Diamondbacks' feel-good season hit a new low last night. The Diamondbacks lost more than another game. Corbin Carroll left for a second time in a week with right shoulder issue. And uh, at last word, he was scheduled for an MRI today. He was injured on a swing in the seventh inning against the Mets, immediately grabbing his uh, upper arm. Uh, Tori Lovello, after the game, said there was encouraging news after Carroll exited uh, uh, after his exit, based on some initial tests on the uh, strength of the shoulder, among other things, Lavello said, quote, more positive than I was thinking after I saw what I saw, end of quote. Meanwhile, uh, this was the second consecutive Thursday that Carroll left with a right shoulder issue on June 29th. He was forced to leave uh, after, uh, you know, it seemed far less serious at that point. He didn't start the next four games before he returned on Tuesday of this week. Uh, Carroll, unfortunately, has a right shoulder history, for those of you who don't know. He missed nearly the entire 2021 minor league season after surgery. He's hitting 290 this season, 290 on the season with 18 home runs, seven, uh, 18 home runs and 24 stolen bases. And obviously, uh, of course, he was voted for a, a starter next week's All-Star game in his hometown of Seattle. I don't think there's any chance he's playing in that game, needless to say. Uh, also, in addition to Carroll, before, you know, back to last night's game, the down Diamondbacks lose 9-0 to the Mets. It was the first time this season the Diamondbacks have been swept in a series. Now they've lost a season-high four consecutive games. Uh, Ryan Nelson's recent stretch and surprising stretch, to me at least surprising, uh, stretch of effective pitching. That ended quickly last night. He was destroyed uh, by the uh, by the Mets. Three innings, seven runs, nine hits. Uh, that's the hardest hit I've seen any Diamondbacks pitcher not named Brandon Fott this season in a game. Gave up homers to Pete Alonzo and Francisco Alvarez. Only had one strikeout in 96 pitches uh, last night. It was bad. Also, the offense failed to score in eight innings against Carlos Carrasco. He uh, only gave up three hits and one walk. Struck out four guys. Carrasco entered last night with a four, uh, 594 in run average. The Mets had lost his last five starts. There's actually speculation before last night that he was in danger of losing his spot in the starting rotation. Meanwhile, up next, the Diamondbacks conclude their pre-All-Star break schedule with the three-game series against the struggling Pirates. The Pirates really haven't been very good since the first couple of weeks of uh, maybe even before that of, uh, of May, so that's a long time now. Zach Gallen scheduled to start tonight. Uh, he's after a couple of shaky starts of late. He's still 10-3 and with a uh, 315 or a run average. That's the highest it's been all season long. Uh, Gallon in his last start, that was July 2nd against the Angels. He struck out a career, uh, career high 12 in that game. 
but uh, lost for the first time since May the 19th when he gave up four runs in seven innings. He entered uh, Thursday amongst the major league leaders in several categories, second in starts at 18, tied for second in wins with 10, sixth in strikeout to walk ratio at 522, seventh in strikeouts with 126. Gallon and three career starts against the Pirates, not so good. Uh, one and two, but a 378 run, <clears throat> excuse me, 378 or run average. He's allowed one homer in those starts. So that's not too bad there. The Pirates and the Diamondbacks played three games earlier this season at Pittsburgh. Arizona won two of those. Last season, the Diamondbacks won three out of four against Pittsburgh. And actually, just extending this since 2019. Arizona 8-2 against the Pirates at Chase Field, and they've won seven of the last eight meetings. Quickly around the National League West, the Dodgers beat the Pirates last night for a second consecutive night. Max Muncie, Freddie Freeman, Homer, Julio Urias looked good. Six innings, of, uh, gave up uh, two runs on three hits, struck out eight, walked one uh, in 88 pitches. But the Dodgers got more bad injury news. Former Diamondback Daniel Hudson, Placed on the injured list with a sprained MCL in his right knee that was suffered on Wednesday night when he was saving his first game of the season. He'd only been back for about a, you know less than a week uh, because last year he had a torn ACL in his left knee and uh, now it's the right knee that he suffered the injury on, uh, on Wednesday night. All right, on to the phone lines we go. And Vince in Phoenix, what's going on, Vince? Yeah, why? I was curious uh, with the Suns roster. Why did they get rid of Tory Craig, and then they brought in these three no names? I'm not sure what their capabilities are. Well, uh, Tory Craig got a two-year contract with uh, Chicago, and the, the, the Suns couldn't give anybody a two-year contract after you know, all the uh, you know, basic fantasy basketball spending from the new owner Matt Ishbia. So they couldn't do that and he got a much better deal. I also just wonder whether Craig even wanted to stay here because he was basically benched uh, during the series against the Nuggets, and uh, I'm guessing that, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm guessing at this, but I guess I think a, a fair guess that he was pretty unhappy with his situation by the end of that series, and, yeah, he went from playing frequently and starting to, you know, not playing at all at least yeah. in one game, he had a DNP coach's yes. decision in one of those games against Denver. So I'm I'm thinking that he probably wasn't real thrilled anyway. Diamondback, the, excuse me, the Suns couldn't afford him, and then Chicago gave him a two-year contract. That there's no way that the Suns could have come close to matching that. Well, these three new known, I call them no names. Uh, what well, they got more bring? than that? Well, they don't bring anything, in my opinion. I mean, I yeah, you know, they brought in some people that. You know, they've had some success during certain things, but their bench is no better now than it was when we last saw their bench, which was awful. Uh, also, the fact that they you know, brought back, uh, I'm sure I knew they were going to bring them back, but Ish Wainwright and Josh Okoge, uh, they should never, and I stress never, be playing any meaningful minutes in any playoff game but those two guys are also uh, still a big part of their bench. Well, and Aaron Gordon's over the hill, isn't he? Eric Gordon's can still play. He's the one guy I think that he can make really? shots. He made shots against the Suns in the playoffs last year. 
Uh, yeah. You know, the Clippers were shorthanded, and you know, he's an excellent player. Uh, literally, it's been a decade of uh, seemingly every time he's become available or at the trade deadline, I've been you know, preaching for the Suns to go get him. They got him, and he took uh, a minimum salary contract, NBA-wise, uh, to basically come here. So that part, I think, is really good. But other than that, I really, including the Bradley Beal acquisition, I'm not in favor of anything the Suns have done, including with that and the hiring uh, you know, of their coaching staff, quite frankly. I, I don't think the Suns, personally, I don't think, I think they have slim or no chance to win an NBA championship next year in spite of the odds makers and apparently many betters and so-called experts that think they're a championship contender. I think that is the furthest thing from the truth. Yeah, it sure looks that way. Well, Gordon, can he play defense? Uh, that's never been a strong suit, but that fits yeah. in perfectly with everybody else they have for the most part. Uh, yeah, Kevin Durant, I think, is their only above-average defensive player, and at the age of 30, whatever he is now, that's not exactly uh, the, the best. The, he's not he's not an elite defender that he once was in his uh, earlier in his career, but he's sure, their best I, defender. And, is and Isaiah Thomas good. having uh, input from behind the scenes? Supposedly. So, you know, we talked about that the literally the day after Ishpia. Yeah, he was yeah. asked at his press conference about Isaiah and uh, you know, kind of denied the whole you know, idea that Thomas might be in his ear. But uh, there are plenty of people that think that uh, he is playing a role here, which is, you know, he was a Isaiah was a tremendous player, but unfortunately, since he got done playing, whether it was in television or the CBA or uh, you know, anything else that, quite frankly, he's done with the Knicks, needless to say, uh, he has not exactly been uh, you know successful in my opinion. Yep. Okay. Thanks a lot. Okay. No problem. Okay, one other quick thing in the local roundup here. The U of A football program, a big-time moment yesterday. Five-star, I'm talking U of A football, and then five-star. Five-star defensive end and edge rusher, uh, Elijah Rushing, who's a, uh, went, he goes to Tucson South Point High School, where I used to live right across the street from when I went to the U of A. Uh, he is verbally committed to the U of A, committed to the U of A over Oregon, Tennessee, and uh, Notre Dame. The U of A football program has never had a five-star recruit in the modern recruiting era. Uh, it's a, also ends a long stretch of really no defensive recruits of note uh, or elite guys or heralded guys since Jed Fish took over after the 2021 season. So maybe a possible difference maker. Now, it's a verbal commitment. So it's not the official letter of intent thing, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of schools that are trying to change his mind before the actual letter of intent day. But uh, this was a really big deal yesterday uh, for the University of Arizona football program, as I mentioned. They have never had a five-star recruit in the modern recruiting era. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's show with the National Roundup, top by the latest line. And uh, definitely from score from the scoreboard, we'll get to you know, hopefully a little latest line, but definitely some uh, Major League Baseball items from last night that we will definitely uh, take a couple of moments to get into. 
Your list of the sports now with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlux HD2 100.7. Wall-to-wall NFL coverage and the biggest stories coming to you from 3 to 5 p.m. The Rich Eisen Show here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Zone. As you might have heard, last uh, hour of the Sports Zone till July 17th. Uh, with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7. All right, from the scoreboard, the Rays' losing streak continued. Uh, last night was uh, Kyle Schwarber and Trey Turner RBI singles in the 11th inning as the Phillies completed a three-game sweep at Tampa Bay. They win 3-1. The Rays have now lost a season-high five straight. Uh, Philadelphia, by the way, has won 22 of 29 overall. Of course, they got swept in that that stretch of games by the Braves because the Braves beat everybody. Tampa Bay also swept at home for the first time this season, but they are still 34 and and 13 at Tropicana Field. Uh, uh, Even though they've they've lost seven of their last 11 games there. So you can do the math on that. They were really good before now. See how they do this weekend. Three games at home against the Braves. Uh, the Rays pitchers last night were really good. They struck out 13 and walked none, but they couldn't score. And uh, it was uh, you know, basically they're not playing good baseball right now. Meanwhile, the Rangers happy to get out of Boston. Uh, Kike Hernandez, uh, you know, basically he had a, 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 just a dink hit, bases loaded, uh, broken bat single in the seventh inning. The Red Sox ended up scoring seven runs in that inning. And they routed, as it turns out, the uh, the Rangers ten to six last night. Uh, the uh, the Rangers are also similar to Tampa Bay, just kind of hit the wall here heading into the All Star break. Uh, the Rangers, uh, you know, their lead in the uh, in the National League, the American League East, the American League West. I'll get this right, American League West, down to one game against the Astros, and uh, basically they've led the uh, division. All but one day this season, uh, as far as the Rangers are concerned. Meanwhile, what's happened to Luis Severino? Oh, boy. Not good again last night. The Orioles destroyed him. Gunnar Henderson had career highs with two homers, four runs batted in. Uh, he had you know, four hits also in this game. All the, He did all that in the first four innings, by the way, as the Orioles routed Severino and the Yankees 14-1. to Severino allowed seven runs, ten hits over two and two-thirds innings. He has a 738 run average. Opponents hurting 315 against him. Slugging percentage 350. He had just three swings and misses on 23 fastballs last night. Uh, he's given up 37 runs in his last seven games. The worst stretch of a Yankee pitcher since CeCe Sabathia, possible future Hall of Famer, 
giving up 39 runs in seven games uh, in the uh, 2020, 2013 season. Also, one injury update. This is, I think, good news, actually, for the Astros. Of course, they're already without Jordan Alvarez. They've been out with him without him since June the 8th. Now they're without their leadoff hitter. Jose Altuve placed on the 10-day injured list with left oblique discomfort. And like I said, this, I think, is good news. He's missed the last couple of games. Uh, obviously, he's not going to play the rest of the uh, you know time before the break. But... Uh, Suffered only a uh, what they called a minor strain of the left oblique. So hopefully that uh, means he'll be back a little quicker than some think. All right, the two big series this weekend. Atlanta begins a three-game series tonight at Tampa. That's Charlie Morton against Tyler Glasnow. And uh, the Rays and uh, Glasnow, just a small favorite. I mean, you can, if you look a little hard uh, in some offshore places, Atlanta's actually favored in this game, but... Yeah, it's basically a pick 'em. Uh, total in that game is eight and a half. Also, the first of a three-game series and the first of their three series this month that conclude the season series between Cincinnati and Milwaukee. The first game tonight, and uh, the two aces, and really these two teams, the way that they're currently constructed and pitching, uh, these are the only two decent starting pitchers that either team has. Uh, Abbott against Burns tonight. And the uh, Brewers with Burns, this is very similar. There's kind of a pick'em game here, too, even though it's 6-5 uh, to five in some places with Milwaukee and Burns the favorite over Cincinnati and Abbott. As far as the Diamondbacks tonight, Zach Gallen uh, hosting and uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks hosting Rich Hill pitching tonight for Pittsburgh. And the uh, Pirates and uh, the uh, Diamondbacks and Gallen, a $2 favorite in that game tonight. Dodgers and Angels. Remember, they play tonight and tomorrow. They don't play on Sunday. They get an extra day of break before the All-Star break. Tonight, it's uh, Gonsolin against uh, Griffin Canning and the Dodgers and Gonsolin, a 270 favor. All right, that's it for the Sports Zone for today. And uh, stay tuned. The Extra Point with Kayla is coming up next. So thanks for listening. (music) 